Today on CityCast Boise, it's rattlesnake season again, and chances are you're going to come across one eventually. Luckily, snake wrangler and expert Christina Parker is here to warm us up to this cold-blooded desert dweller. We're talking snake urban legends, how to keep your pets safe, plus I find out the do's and don'ts of getting bitten by a rattlesnake. It's Monday, July 24th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Christina. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, it's great to be here. Well, let's start just with how dangerous are rattlesnakes really? Because I feel like they get a bad rap. Yes, I would agree that rattlesnakes get a bad rap. I mean, they are venomous species, the venomous snakes, so they are quite dangerous. But in Idaho, since 2017, there's only been like 36 rattlesnake reported bites, and we haven't had any deaths in in 22 years. Oh, wow. Okay. I like snakes. I like rattlesnakes. Even I thought it was probably way higher than that. That's like pretty much nothing. Yeah, it's really low. The Great Basin rattlesnake, the subspecies of rattlesnake found in southern Idaho, it has really great temperament. They really don't want to bother you and will try to get away and give you lots of warnings before they strike. Um, And so, You really have to antagonize and harass these animals to get bitten, which is why predominantly snake bites are found on hands and feet because someone's kind of messing with it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But not like will cause a lot of pain. You will have severe like tissue damage and necrosis. But fatality is not common with rattlesnake bites. I would say just have caution around rattlesnakes, but there's Mm -hmm. really no need to fear them. Okay. Well, you clearly love uh, snakes. I watched some videos of you handling and and looking for snakes. Um, How did you end up getting into these creatures? Well, I've always had a great fascination with biology and just the way that the world works and grew up watching Steve Irwin and all those other nature shows and learned that there's really no reason to fear these animals as long as we can learn about them and learn to live with them. And originally I was going down the medical route and met a herpetologist in college that introduced me to the world of ecology and research. So that kind of shifted my gears and I really love reptiles, snakes. I think they're such neat animals and I have a big heart for them. And they're kind of the underdogs too. Mm -hmm. They get bad raps. And so I like rooting for the underdog. (laughs) What kind of research are you currently doing? Uh, My current research is in the world of environmental DNA. But that research or work that I do doesn't have any reptile components. We don't work with any reptiles, unfortunately. Most of my reptile research has been through my master's thesis when I was going to school at Boise State University. And that looked at the effects of the cheatgrass fire cycle on reptiles in sagebrush sep. And I also looked at the genetic um, population structure of the rattlesnakes in the Morley Nelson Birds of Prey National Conservation Area. That sounds super fascinating. And also 
challenging? Uh, (laughs) Are there like challenges associated? I assume we were talking earlier, the heat seems to be one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're just out in the sun all day, right? Like walking around looking for snakes and stuff. Yeah, a big challenge with reptile research is being able to get your organism in hand. We have a variety of different trapping methods that sort of work, but depending on the method you use, there's some benefits and some downfalls. So for my research, we used um, trap arrays, so drift fences with uh, wire traps at the end and Those are really good for catching highly mobile species, so reptiles, snakes that will be constantly foraging and looking for their food, but we don't get a lot of captures of snakes that, say, are ambush predators, like rattlesnakes. They sit and wait to get their prey. So how do you catch one? (laughs) How do you catch a rattlesnake then? (laughs) So another method that we employed was through visual encounter surveying, and we just select an area on a map and walk <laughs> and look. <laughs> You're just looking. You're looking and walking. Mm-hmm. Just looking and walking. And I saw in the video, you have to step very carefully. Is that correct? Like you have to be yes. kind of careful where you're walking, I assume? Yes. You always want to be careful where you're walking, um, especially if you know you're in a place with rattlesnakes. And rattlesnakes and a lot of other snakes really like rocks. And so rock outcroppings and areas where you just have kind of a big boulder field because it provides them a lot of entrances and access from going in and out to help with thermal regulation. So they can be out in the sun, heat up their body, or they can go back under and cool down a little. It also gives them reprieve from predators. And so you see snakes around rock outcroppings a lot and You always want to be careful when walking around rocks because you can easily walk, step right next to a snake unknowingly. And so I always tell people to step on top of rocks, not next to or over them. Mm -hmm. And so you can step on top of the rock, glance down, see if there's anything at your feet, and then proceed. Okay, good advice. Yeah, good advice. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk a little bit about how we stay safe from snakes. But I want to ask you, since you mentioned the cheatgrass and like fire cycle, have you er observed any big changes in rattlesnake populations or behaviors over the course of your research? I can't say that I observed any big changes in rattlesnake populations through my research. But I also can't say that we haven't seen any change. Um, We just don't really have the data to say one way or the other. But I would say that I have seen fluctuations in the population size that appears to be trending lower. But like I said, we don't have the data to back that up. Okay, well, we'll, uh, check in with you later about that, I guess. But (laughs) all right, let's dig into what are some of the myths or urban legends you hear about rattlesnakes? Like, uh, I heard that the baby rattlesnakes are more venomous. Is that true? So that is a myth. That is not true. Okay. So baby rattlesnakes aren't more venomous than adults. If you think about it anatomically, they're much smaller in size than an adult. So they're not going to be able to hold as much venom as an adult snake. So they're not more venomous. Their venom is not more potent. Um, If anything, baby rattlesnakes may be a little bit more dangerous because they are small and they're babies and they're scared. And so they are going to be more reactive and probably strike more readily than an adult. 
Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Any other ones that you have? I'm sure people say sort of like the most outrageous things to you about snakes and you are like, uh, <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, one funny thing that I got questioned was, do snakes poop? because they didn't realize that snakes pooped. They just thought they (laughs) ate and held it all in. (laughs) So they do poop, though. Okay, my my kids will be fascinated to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they have a little vent in their um, bottom of their tail or then towards the end of their tail, and that's where they poop. (laughs) What about... bites. Do you hear a lot of like, you know, I'm sure you've heard everything when it comes to ridiculous ways people say to self-treat a snake bite, suck the venom out, tie your belt around your leg, burn it with a knife. What are the actual do's and don'ts of getting bitten by a rattlesnake? The actual do's and don'ts of getting bit by a rattlesnake are don't do any of the at-home DIY snake venom kits. None of it is good. Don't cut the bite and try sucking the venom out. Do not tourniquet your bite. Why not tourniquet? It will actually just cause more problems in the long run. So Mm -hmm. once you tourniquet your arm or leg per se, if you do a good tourniquet, there's a high possibility that once you release that, the blood rushing will cause more damages and problems. And so just overall, it's not a good idea to tourniquet anything (laughs) unless you know for sure you are losing that limb. Just don't tourniquet anything. Okay. 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 All right. So (laughs) don't try to suck the venom out. Don't tourniquet. Um, I've heard some people try using uh, electric shock. So they'll try shocking themselves. What? Don't know the reasoning behind (laughs) that one. (laughs) Um, Is that to become a superhero? I mean, I'm not sure why you're doing that. But (laughs) Okay. Well, what should we do? We just probably should seek medical attention. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Seek medical attention immediately. Um, Call the hospital ahead of time if you can to let them know what has happened so they can prepare and get ready. Um, And then just try to stay as calm as possible. I know that sounds so hard. If you get bit by a snake, people are going to panic. But you want to try keeping your heart rate as low as possible so that venom does take longer to go through your circulatory system. And so you want to try staying as calm as possible, minimize physical activity. You'll want to remove all watches, rings, anything that's tight, because then that could create a tourniquet. Okay. Um, and then keep the bite elevated to your heart if possible. Okay. Okay. And maybe now that people know that nobody has died in 20 years from a rattlesnake bite, they won't feel so panicked because they know they just need to get to a hospital and and get medical treatment. And they're very, Mm -hmm. very, very unlikely to die. So good to know. What about pets? What can we do to keep our dogs safe when like hiking or camping? A good way to keep pets safe is just to keep a good eye on them. If you have a pet that wanders, then Maybe it's a good idea to keep them on a leash if you know that you're going to be in rattlesnake country. Um, I know a lot of people do the rattlesnake trainings with their dogs. A lot of different courses around Boise area um, do that. And then there's also the possibility of doing a pet vaccination. I have heard mixed reviews from vets on whether they think it works, whether they think it's something that you should be administering to your dog, but that's something for 
an individual and their vet to decide. Okay. Well, what about, are there like non-harmful, non-lethal ways we can deter rattlesnakes from coming into our yards or like suburban spaces? Because I know a lot of people who live near the foothills say, oh, you know, I've found a rattlesnake in my yard. Are there ways we can kind of, I don't, I don't want to hurt them or poison them or anything, but are there ways we can keep them out? Uh, absolutely. And so great ways to keep snakes out would be to have closed fences. So if you have an iron gate fence that has holes in it, then they're able to then get into your yard. So first would be getting a wooden fence post that's completely closed off. Uh, another option is to be looking around your yard for possible den sites or places where a snake can just tuck under for the night or tuck under to get away from the sun. So if you have like big boards that are laying out, um, typically if you have like a shed that's raised up a little bit, that might be a good snake den. So you might want to try to think about closing that off and then keeping your rodents down. <laughs> oh, and keeping the rodents down. That makes sense if we don't have food in our yard. Yeah. So if you have rodents around your house. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I hope people who are scared of snakes are listening to this and kind of maybe reassessing and rethinking maybe the way that they would approach rattlesnakes. But what can we do to be good rattlesnake neighbors so that we are, like you said, maybe populations are declining. Maybe they're not. What can we do to help them out? A good way to be a good neighbor to rattlesnakes is to give them the respect that they deserve and appreciate them from a safe distance. Uh, we want to keep these animals around. They are very important for our ecosystem as a predator and prey. They keep our rodent populations down. And a really great way to help is also by contributing when you do see a rattlesnake or any snake. Um, you can do a post to iNaturalist, which okay. is a citizen science app, and you can just take a picture of it from a safe distance and then post it to iNaturalist and individuals on there can then verify that identification or help you identify it if you don't know. And it will become then research grade. So then scientists can use that data for research to determine where the snakes are in their range, kind of get an idea of population sizes. And so a great way to be a good neighbor is to contribute to citizen science. Oh, that's so fun. What a fun way to get involved. I have not heard of that app, but I will be downloading it right away. That sounds super fun. It's so great. Christina, thank you so much. And uh, we love learning a little bit more about rattlesnakes. And we'll try to we'll try to make sure we're good neighbors. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. One more thing before we sign off. While your chances of being bitten by a rattlesnake are low, it does happen and treatment can be costly. According to the Idaho Statesman, the average cost of snake bite therapy is at least $12,000, and that's not including the hospital visit. This is because the antivenom used in treatment is expensive to make, and with just 8,000 snake bites nationally per year, there isn't a huge demand for the product. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a review and tell your besties to listen. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more local stories from around the city. Bye. Bye.